puts one up. Shemil, go header. Go! I mean, he takes it on one foot and he slaps it home on the other one. Oh, go! Is as Welcome everybody to Views from the Bridge and our new intro intro audio. That's that's some stuff right so there. So exciting. I'll take that right now. Gets me fired that's up. That's cool. Okay, well, before we get all excited about that, because that was awesome, uh, we do have some, game, some games to talk about or something. So we're going to talk about the uh, 1-1 draw with New England, the 4-2 loss at New York City, and probably some other stuff along the way. So... Why don't we get started, guys? I have Chuck Booth, Paul Catrino, John Zapata here with me tonight. Guys, how are we, Was first of all? Was this the most depressing intro to a podcast that we've done this season? What it do, baby? <laughs> Listen, I'm still living off the high of the women winning earlier today, so I will take that and run with I'm it. I'm glad your mood's pretty high, you know. <laughs> yeah, Paul, glad how are you doing good. today? I'm super. I got T-boned by a BMW today. It wasn't great, but just a couple sprains, some bruised ribs, uh, and some whiplash, but I'm still here. I'm propped up in bed, and I'm still on hospital medication, so this is going to be a fun podcast. This is going to be a fun podcast. <laughs> even, though it's, even though it's under such bad terms and like we have to deal with some tough topics on union central i'm feeling pretty good for just getting hit by a car so let's do it that would be the mets talking yeah yeah <laughs> we'll see how i am john thanks, for, john thanks for joining us man yeah always always nice of you to come on john Nice of you to come on, yeah, John. Yeah, thanks for having me again, guys. Uh, definitely, you know, much needed venting after this weekend. As you guys know, the Union uh, losing on Saturday, which we'll get to, but also my Columbia uh, got eliminated uh, from Copa America. Don't cry for yes. me, Columbia. I know, it's rough. But, hey, I'm happy to be on, guys, for real, and let's have fun tonight, for real. It's it's yeah, honestly we'll... such an anomaly with Colombia conceding zero goals in the entire tournament and they still go out like I, I'm I'm pretty sure that's just unheard of you know so it definitely feel for you man out of group stages in all honesty we looked the best out of anybody we even beat Argentina and you know we just came upon a you know a veteran Chile team who had a, you know they actually played better than us in that game and. You know, anything can happen in penalties. Unfortunately, it just didn't go our way. But, you know, next year, Copa America is actually in Colombia and Argentina with the finals actually being played in Colombia. So we like our chances next year. So we'll be positive. Uh, definitely give you the edge there for sure. Chuck, talking about zeros, Spurs finally ends their zero signing streak today. Yes, in a uh, very big way. 
Um, I so how do you properly pronounce his first name? I have no I, idea. I think oh. it's like Tangue, but I Tangue it, like Tangere basically. Um, but I know I have not listened to a proper pronunciation of it, and know that I will butcher it as I do with most names. Uh, but I thought I was still in a hospital coma when I woke up and saw that Spurs made two signings since it's been like well, a good part of over only, two they years. They only really made one because Jack Clark is going back to Leeds. <laughs> oh, great. But that was my favorite Even on your historical days. So somebody was like, finally Spurs signs a player and then loads him right back out. <laughs> hey, they did that with Deli Ali. That's true. That's true. Oh, guys, the union. They make my already achy body sore just to think about. All right. Well, anyway, boys, let's get into uh, our Philadelphia Union. Guys, last Wednesday, the Union had a 1-1 draw with New England. How do we feel about that game? Um, well, for me personally, like, you know, it was a little upsetting coming out after that Red Bull game, before the break, and then coming, going into New England, uh, we kind of started off a little slow. And, you know, thank God for Fafa with that nice play. He saved us a point. Um, but it was a little lackadaisical performance coming off of the break, in my personal opinion. I feel betrayed. Because <laughs> we spent the entire break talking about how good the Union were. And then they went out and made a signing. And then they just laid an egg in New England um, against a team that they should beat nine times out of ten. And realistically, points that we found out later that they would need. I mean, yeah, like, I don't care if it's Bruce Arena's new flashy New England revolution. It's still the New England revolution. And I know for a fact that the roster on this Philadelphia Union team is much better than the roster on that damn New England team. So, you know, I understand time off doesn't necessarily work for every team. But I didn't expect it to be that lackadaisical with their performance. You know, just uh, it, it didn't seem right. Just it seemed like a fluke. It seemed like they just didn't flip a switch. I I don't know what you really attributed it to, but it just didn't look like this team. You know, this team that's shown game after game after game that they don't lose those games. You know, they show resilience in some fashion. And yes, getting a draw in the end is nice, but it's the New England Revolution, guys. Yeah, I would agree. I mean, it's not a good team that we're playing. I think the problem, I mean, sort of the problem, I guess, we talk about our, like, kind of long layoff, and we did have a layoff, but, like, I mean, New England didn't really. They didn't have as long of a layoff, so they had the opportunity to kind of keep in rhythm and all that kind of stuff, and I think, especially the first half of the game, it was very apparent that we had not had that rhythm for a couple weeks, and we're trying to play, I don't know, we were trying to, we just looked flat and looked indifferent. And to me, yeah, to me, I think, I think your, your betrayal comment, Chuck, is, is right. I mean, I, there were times where I felt, 
betrayed or felt like, oh man, we could have won that game if we'd come out strong at the beginning. So, yeah, I kind of agree with you. I will say, though, that with Bruce Arena, I think the main difference between the Brad Friedel revolution and the Bruce Arena revolution is the team has definitely responded to Bruce, and as they should. Bruce is, you know, a legend in the MLS, and the guys have come up on a different level for Bruce Arena. And, you know, we just we just fell in that trap in New England, but, you know, it's all right as long as we can get a result on the next match. <laughs> If only they could. Well, well by, by the next match, he actually means Orlando now. Mm. <laughs> yes, yes, we're talking about Orlando, not New York City. We'll see. Um, I mean, the other thing for me, and I like, it works out for this game, not the New York game, but it works out for this game. I mean, I think anytime you go on the road in MLS, it's hard. Um, it's not easy. You're playing on a field you're not used to. You're playing on a in a front of a crowd that's not nice, um, even if it, the stadium's not full. Uh, and so I think that there are times where, I mean, it's hard to get results on the road no matter where you're playing, but this is New England. I mean, we should be able to go in there and, and make a statement, and, and it shouldn't be a tough game for us, but it was. Especially given so. the goal differential that they've spanked New England by in, like, recent years as a not great MLS team, you know, like this union team in like 2018, 2017, like you look at all those games where we traveled to Foxborough, it's like five to one, four to nothing. Well, remember you know, most of those games, New England doesn't finish with 11 men on the field either. Mm. Um, my, one of my biggest things with um, this game is what we talked about before a little bit and Brendan Aronson now having played officially the most minutes of any season of his professional career has him at a wall because we can't sit him due to the absence of one Marco Fabian who did not travel. It's getting it's getting more and more bleak. And I don't want to give up on this endeavor that the union have gone on <laughs> in paying this guy so much money. But, man, if he does not see the field in either of these Orlando games, I am throwing in the towel. Um, I am. I, it's weird because Aronson, for how dynamic he's been to uh, start the season only played one half of the New England game before being pulled for Il Senio. He completed six passes. Um, and Sheesh. then only completed one dribble out of three. Yeah. It's not great, Bob. It was a pretty bad performance by him. And it's, and it's tough because, like, the weight of this team shouldn't be on the kid's shoulders. But You're right. It's a as... lot to ask for this kid, especially, you know, given the fact that he didn't think he was starting the year in this position, period, because there's a, you know, Mexican national here who's about to change the face of this team. And he's done diddly diddly squat. 
He had a nice goal in the beginning of the season. That's about it. All right, guys. Oh, well, I mean, the room. Sigh. yeah, really. <laughs> Isn't that uh... the thing for <laughs> the thing for me though? Too is like if is if this game doesn't happen in the context of this week, right? If this doesn't happen in the context of Saturday, then I go, okay, we went on the road, got a draw. Oh well, big deal. Like whatever. Yeah. But then we go to New York on Saturday and. Mm probably lay even a worse egg a bigger egg how do i don't know how you increase that phrase anymore it'll be an but, ostrich egg i mean okay we laid an ostrich egg <laughs> against new york city so guys i don't know opening thoughts on new york city and why that game happened um well number one i would like to say that soft penalties should not be called because it's a slightly different game if Maxi Morales isn't given his first penalty that really wasn't a penalty. Um, it was... Bad. Uh, the second half Very was bad. bad. The, fir- the first half wasn't bad. Um, I don't know what team came out of the locker room for the second half because it wasn't the Philadelphia Union. I think that's always just been the tone of this New York City team is that, you know, it's not, it's not like they're really figuring out this Union team. It's just the Union didn't have that extra step to go forward at them, and they just took advantage of them on their field well, that they've I, been playing on for actually, a very long time. What happened is Casanellos sided with the Monsters and sapped all the Union's powers at halftime to score his second half crap brace and all he had to do was flop on the ground a couple times that's all he had to do to get it flop around and get rewarded for it i'll tell you man that was tough to watch it's tough to watch a professional athlete do that as a self-respecting adult at least the two goals were good yeah his two goals were good his two flops I'm, were worse. <laughs> I'm, I'm talking about the Union's goals. I don't care about New York goals. Ah, okay. Yeah, no, you're <laughs> right. You're right. You're right. You're right. I tell you, man. After... Uh, Go for it, John. <laughs> first off, guys. Fuck Castellanos, first off. He'll, he better be ready for when NYCFC come down to Philly. Was it September? I don't care when it is. I'll have something prepared for Castellanos because at those flops that he did were absolutely disgraceful. And I know you guys saw that Ali and Josie out the door came out and, and you know, called out the MLS referees because let's be real, it's, you know, at times this season, there's been some absolute jokes of performances by our referees here in the MLS. So that's something that has to be looked at by the MLS. And then lastly, with this match is the mentality that we have in New York, since New York has been in the MLS, we have yet to win a Yankee Stadium. I know it's a tough pitch to play, and the, the you know the conditions there are difficult. But come on, guys, we can't get one stinking win at Yankee Stadium. You know this match definitely had me heated for sure. I mean, this team is good enough to beat the any 
this union team is good enough to beat 95% of the teams in MLS, not including that big team from LA. And it's funny that when that second goal goes in for New York City, it's almost as if the union just completely dropped their composure and just went to, like, long ball city again. You know, it looked like the union team of old trying to protect a draw, you know, where Jim Curtin just has guys blasting the ball up the field and hoping their strikers get on the end of it. There was nothing clean in their buildup. They weren't effective passing it. They gave it away a decent amount of the time. It was... It was tough, you know, and I think when dealing with the adversity of not really feeling like the refs are on your side, that they're calling these soft penalties when you have an institution like VAR to literally help you make those calls when you see that they're super soft or they're not even a foul to begin with, it it deflates you a bit. And I think you just saw a lack of composure from a team that was facing a good amount of adversity and hostile territory, and that's something you should have to worry about with this team going forward. That's what separates them from taking the next step as a great top-tier MLS team going forward. That's because awesome. LAFC, LAFC can go anywhere and win anywhere, you know, and Portland can do that right now as well into hostile territory. The Union faced adversity in this game, and they... They weren't ready for it. They weren't ready for the sauce, man. That's also why the Union didn't win a Open Cup title last year after they absolutely folded in Houston. Yep. I was given I was given them that game by a landslide. I thought that team had a bet I thought that team had a better roster to go into Houston and win that cup. Yeah. I think that they're to me. And I think, like, the face of that, to me, of these collapses, is Bedoya. And, like, I hate to say it, but he just, like, any time calls start going against him or not his way, like, he can just get, I think, I think it was you, Chuck, who on Twitter earlier this season, like, just called him petulant. And I think that there are times where he just gets super petulant when things don't go his way and he starts barking at the ref all the time and and looking for calls his way and it's like just play the game and I think what we saw in New York was that kind of seeped into the rest of the team yeah I mean I think there was a time where Jack gets a foul called against him and then he goes and hacks somebody down for no reason and it's like okay man like we gotta stay composed it's still 2-2 like don't give up this game yet but it felt like as soon as it became 2-2, it was like, well, we're going to lose, so we're just going to start hacking people down. Yeah, and Guys, um, Ray Gaddis got shoved by an official for trying to fight someone on the field. Like, did you see Ray Gaddis about to start throwing hands? That's a sign that it has seeped into the entire team because that guy would not hurt a fly. <laughs> Jim Kirchner has already said that no one on this team can fight, so um, I'd be worried if we got in a fight. Also, um... Did you see that Osinio started the game and why he shouldn't start games? Yeah, it's almost like Jim Curtin isn't listening to our podcast every time we say, don't start this freaking man in any game whatsoever. Yeah, I was I was a little, uh, I questioned, because, you know, I thought we would go into New York with the 4-4 through Diamond, 
and he surprises by going back to the four-two-three-one. Now, I, you know, Fafa and Insigne are great out on the wings, but I would have rather seen the four-four-two. I, mean, I think it was a bad call, but I think we were almost forced into it by not having Marco available and by Brendan have have had he's had this stretch of games where he hasn't looked good. And so I think that there was an element of Jim that he's like, well, what do I do? I don't have a 10 to put out there. So the bench in that game was uh, not inspiring at all. Paper thin. Like Fabinho made the bench because we had no one. Um, and that stupid U23 camp ended up coming – And, like, when you think of it from a tactical perspective, think about how much easier it is to press a team when they play on a field that's 30% smaller than yours. You know, you can really apply pressure and create those traps, you know, in their in their field, despite them being a good passing team and all that. It's It, it was tough to see, but, you know, I just think it's one of those things where, you know... Jim made a bad call, and we were forced to deal with the lo- roster we had available. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, you're you're right about the fact that yeah. Jim's hands were kind of tied, and like, well, it's good that Aronson never got off the bench. It's not like anyone that came off the bench in that game actually made an impact. Yeah, and this no. is this is where I want to talk about Marco because uh, what he kind of came in like in the seventy third minute. And uh, really didn't do anything, honestly. Like, and I and I noticed how he kind of played like far back instead of being up more in the attack. And I I just think that he's just not fully fit, or he's just in his head that he's not fully fit. Uh, I'm not going to judge Marco until the end of the season because who who knows? Marco can catch it on near the end. You know, maybe a playoff game, whatever. But you know, for right now. Oh man, this Marco deal is just looking sour and sour. Yeah, I'm just hoping yep. that there's a get out clause in the contract at this point to be able to pay Montero, who was one of the only players in this game that actually had a good game. It really would be nice to see. If it's a two year if it's a two year option, then you know, you really have to start considering the possibility that this is actually going to happen. Where if we want to keep one of the best players in MLS right now, in Jamiro Montero, you got to give him some money and you got to find someone who doesn't deserve that money on the team. And right now, looking at that salary, man, there's one guy who doesn't, who has not earned his paycheck yet. And like you said, I hope, I hope that he comes at the end of the season I mean, yeah. I'm not giving up on him either. I mean, I think that there might be uh, a time later this season where we're going to need him and he's going to produce some moment of something that um, makes a difference for us. But it is it's just been really rough this season, kind of watching Marco's take on this season and how he hasn't played well or played at all. So I hope that that turns around come the next couple of weeks here. Yeah, most definitely. Um, one interesting thing from that game is uh, you also saw two strikers who want to look like they yep. are fighting for their place with um, 
Correct. Andrew Wooten coming in, and then another striker that didn't measure up. Are we talking about uh, Sergio Santos Gomes here? We are turkey talking about that man. Are we? Who had the worst game out of the strikers? He's had two bad performances. The New England and this match. In the New England match, he was gassed by this. I think he came out in the 60th minute. He was gassed. Fitness has been an issue here. In this NYCFC game, I saw a guy who was in his head. Like The fact that Sergio Santos Gomes has had like one shot on target since that New England game like is absolutely a joke. And then I don't know if anyone follows Sergio Santos Gomes on Instagram, but last night, Sergio fixed up a dinner that included rice, potatoes, and rib meat. Now, it's a typical Brazilian dish, but when you're a guy who is who fit phys, uh, fitness-wise is not there yet and you're eating a heavy carb plate, like come on, man. You should be eating a salad before bed. And and not only that, my man was sipping on some wine as well. Like, Did you see the bottle of wine at the top of the picture? Are you kidding me? <laughs> He was sipping that Pinot Grigio, boy. Oh, my goodness. So I'm not one to judge what guys do outside of the pitch, but I have to question is it if he actually cares enough because right now he's about to be – he won't even be on the 18 when Vooten comes on. Like, let's be real here, guys. If he keeps playing like this, he will not be in that 18. So you got to think, like, should I be eating – rice potatoes and meat or should i be eating a salad with some chicken on it like let, let's think here like sergio's sergio's performance this week has really tied me down because i was really high coming into the season the fact that we stole him from nicaxa he looked good in in chile and right now it's not looking good guys and let's not forget the whole reason why he's here in the first place he chose America over Mexico because he feels like this is a platform where he can get himself some European exposure. And if you're facing adversity and fitness issues in the United States, who the hell is going to sign you over in Europe? I can't think of any team. Well, West Ham. you're hilarious. Like, you're actually hilarious. <laughs> yes, West Ham. You know, now, now China's not going to take that. Are you kidding me? They those guys running out there more than anyone. It just, it just feels like to me that this there is so many guys on this team who have hit a wall, and it's like Sergio's one of those guys. Brendan's one of those guys. Like, I mean, we give the golden concese out to Ray Gaddis three times a month, like. And there's just so many guys well, in this. Breakout is just isn't good enough. Well, yeah, that's but, different than hitting. A I ball. know, but like it just feels like everyone's sort of like hitting this. Un- um, unfortunately, it, it's kind of a two prong thing for me because part of it is one, once there's more tape on what the union are doing, teams realize that oh, once we bunker. They can't get through. They're extremely vulnerable on the break, mainly because of um, the attacking left-hand side of the field, 
break out is an Alejandro Bedoya. Um, then the second thing is, right. even though there was the gap between games, they really haven't had much time off. In general, yeah, they haven't. Like, this is when you need to be able to rotate, and unfortunately, thanks to the mixture of the U-20 World Cup, the stupid U-23, um, like, training camp week thing that took Aronson and Trusty away from the team, and Marco Fabian being hurt, players that were supposed to be rotational pieces, also the ineptitude of striker, haven't yeah. been able to yeah, rotate. Right. Like, it's not like... I don't think Jim Curtin wants to play the same 11 every game. He just doesn't have a goddamn choice. Luckily, that should be sort of changing with um, a couple of new signings, ones that we haven't mentioned yet. Yeah. We'll talk about that in a minute. Any other thoughts kind of on this on this stretch of games between New England and, and NYCFC? Hopefully you're seeing, yeah, let's, let's move, move on. on and let's see if this wall that a few players are hitting isn't just the team hitting a wall. And we're seeing the usual drop-off that happens around July and August. I don't think this is the case. Shush, don't you shush me. Don't you shush me. I'm not going to listen to this. Garbage. <laughs> you can say it. But I'm going to take my headphones off, and I'm not going to pay any attention to you. You have to pay attention to me. You care about me. I'm in pain, Chuck. I'm speaking my mind. Jeez, the threats are real. All I'm going to say is Union better step it up this week. Yeah. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, I guess let's talk about a new signing in right back R.J. Allen. <laughs> this sucks because if it was any team other than the Union, this would be a nothing signing. You're right. You're right. I don't even but know. I don't even know what to think of this signing. He's better than Ray Gaddis. Is he better than Ray Gaddis? <laughs> he can play a pass. All right, Chuck. He looked good in training, right, from Chuck. what Ern said. Like, I mean, I don't think defensively a traffic code is much worse than Ray Gattis right now. So if he can offer something going forward, which he can, he's if, better than Ray If R.J. Allen can provide cover so that Jack Elliott isn't whiplashing his neck, looking over his shoulder to see if Ray Gattis is in the wrong position, he's already better than Ray Gattis. Isn't that the whole idea? Yeah, he made he made too many clearances with his back turned to the entire attack in that New York. Game. I know it's absurd. It's absurd, which is why I'm so happy we have someone experienced at that position. Ray was definitely at fault for that third goal against NYCFC. Yeah. Um, wasn't the third one to the. Because there was one that um, you looked at it and Matt Freeze probably should have saved. Yeah, but Ray kind of, like, Castellanos got a step on Ray if you look at it. And then that's when Castellanos just had enough space to just hit the ball. Matt Matt should have stopped it, but I'm not going to, you know, comment Matt, a young 20-year-old goalkeeper, still 
as we talk about Brandon, is still going through the growing pains of MLS. So, I mean, Ray, um, Ray Hat was right on Castellanos. Should have probably stuck with him, but that's the NYC game. <laughs> yeah. You know, Matt, Matt Freeze, young keeper, he had some good moments in that game. He didn't have great moments in that game. Ray Gaddis has just overall been bad. So, to see them at least address the position is refreshing. I'm currently working on a list of some weird European signings that I think would be very interesting for them to examine in the offseason because right now they have no cap space for any of these guys. But, man, I think Ernst Tanner is fully aware that he's going to have to do some shopping this offseason when it comes to that position. Because when posed with the question, who do you like out of the three right-back choices right now, can you confidently say any of their names and say outright, that they're better than their two other options? Like, is a really informed Mbizo that much better than RJ Allen and Ray Gaddis? Or I'd rather have the sweeper keeper Andre Blake that came out um, <laughs> to play left back for Jamaica at right back that I would have Oh my god, guys, them. if Andre Blake was a better teammate, he would play right back for this team and let Matt Freeze get minutes. Oh my word. The crazy Andre Blake. Um, I, la- I laid that one out for you, so I just gotta get You're right, that. you're right. My, my, my issue with that question is that... Is that a guy on hospital medication not... posed it to you? <laughs> nope is that I have not seen enough of Olivier Ambizo to even make a judgment call on whether I think he's a good right back, period. So, I like, my problem is, like, we're not even giving him a shot to, like, earn the position. It's like, well, let's just throw Ray out there every week. And it's like, okay, Ambizo might be worse than Ray. We never, we, but we don't know that because we don't even try to put Ambizo out there and see what he can do. Wouldn't you like to just find out so you know for a fact that you have to at least go yes. shopping? Yes. You yes. know? Am Too I, bad we don't play Cincinnati again the, to, the, to test that theory out. The, yeah, that'd be nice. Can we actually work on the scheduling committee just to throw us a few of those games? Yeah, we should play Cincinnati yeah. four times. Yeah, that might help. That might help. But, like... No, but I absolutely agree, because, like, in the games that we have seen in Basio, I have seen things that I did like, but why isn't that we haven't seen more of in Basio? Like, let's remember, guys, we traded Keegan Rosenberry because we had faith in Basio. So why now we're kind of, like, moving away from him? Yeah. Well, because apparently at this point, the faith was actually in Ray Gaddis. That gets you worst front office of the year right there, alone. Well, it's kind of funny because, like, with every good move that Tanner's made, the two glaring ones right now are the fact that Ray Gaddis has started so many games and Marco Fabian. I can get over the Sergio Santos move because that was a wild card. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's that's my thought too. And it just feels like there are these huge glaring issues that everybody in the league can look at and go, yeah, the Union don't have a great right back. 
nor did they have a 10 who has like established their place in that position and it was kind of like marcos it's yours to lose and he lost it but then brendan has kind of hit his wall as far as minutes and energy and time and all that kind of stuff so it's like why were these two not addressed in any more of a concrete way it just feels weird to me that is a wonderful question but, that I would love to ask the union front office. But the weird thing to me is like, like we just talked about, like we haven't seen Mbizo. So like, I, I'm just not convinced that if we threw him out there for a three game stretch or a two game stretch or whatever, that he wouldn't come up with two decent games or three decent games that make him look good. I mean, as I was like thinking about the intro, the new intro, the first clip in that is Mbizo's cross to Shavilko at the be- towards the beginning of the season. And, like, that was a pretty pass that he put right on Shavilko's head with no issue. So I- I'm just confused as to why we've kind of given up hope in him already without giving him a run of games. And unfortunately, with his injury now, um, you just genuinely don't know when he's going to get that run of games. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah. Weird things when we're talking about the Union. But we have a couple games coming up against Orlando City. A home and away set of fixtures. Wait, wait, Josh, you want to talk about Wooten? Yeah. We can talk Wooten for sure. Sorry. I kind of skipped over that because we kind of talked about him as a hypothetical thing in our last episode. But I guess that... But I guess, I mean, I'd love to hear your thoughts on Wooten, what you think Wooten brings to this team. Um, yeah, tell us what you think, man. Well, um, I mean, I definitely think it's a perfect fit for us. Uh, this is a guy who not only is uh, German, but also American. So that's going to be great for us, you know, especially when we have to go next year in U.S. Open. When you have five international slots, you don't have to worry about that with Wooten. But also, he's coming fresh off of Bundesliga 2 season where he had a great season. Um, so I definitely think that him coming in right off the bat, we're going to see the instant impact because he's going to be fresh. Also, two guys. I love the way the union announced Vooten. Um, I was actually there at the uh, Men in Blazers podcast at the TLA. And, you know, just just the union connecting with um, a big soccer podcast like Men in Blazers to announce this big deal. You know, kudos to them. That was a great way of announcing it. But um, I'm excited for Vooten. I think that... Uh, He's going to be a huge difference maker for us, but obviously you guys talked about it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And I think that was our feeling too. Like if he can come in and make some sort of instant impact as a, you know, as kind of a fresh, you know, he's had a little bit of an off season now. Um, so might take him, you know, a couple weeks to get his fitness back to where it needs to be. But I think in the, I mean, in the meantime, we have some strikers who haven't produced so much, but I think, you know, Shabilko can have his days. Fafa can have his days. So if we can get some days out of them over the next week, like I think Wooten can make a difference going forward. So I'm excited to see his his impact. Chuck, do you have any kind of new thoughts on Wooten since we talked last about him? Um, At this point, the thing that I'm happiest about is that it's going to bury Sergio Santos in the depth chart. (laughs) Um What's going to be interesting is can Wooten and Shabilko start together mm-hmm. because they look like they're basically the same striker. And 
it's the union have shown that they want to do a pacey striker and like a strong striker at the same at the same time which they don't really bring but that as of right now they'd also be the union's best strikers especially since Corey Burke is not going to play another game for this team for the rest of the season. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely worth giving a shot, you know. Like, what's... You've kind of solidified yourself in a playoff position at this point. You might as well give it a shot to see what the fruits of your labor are, you know, putting them together. You know, I don't think it's something that's out of the realm of possibility, them coexisting on the field, but, like, you know, at at this point... You've got this last stretch of games. You've got yourself in a decent position. Uh, besides New York and Atlanta, no one's really creeping up on you talent-wise in the East. Give it a shot. That's, you know, you got this guy for a reason. Why not pair him with your best other option? I want a stone-cold shooter, guys. Damn it. <laughs> stone-cold shooter. All right, well. Those are our thoughts on on Wooten. We had we had talked about that, but um, uh, guys, we have a home and away fixture against Orlando City in the next week. Uh, thanks MLS scheduling for that. But yeah, this is like the stupidest back to back, the literal dumbest yeah. scheduling thing I have seen. Um, the only other one was that I've seen like this. LAFC did FC Dallas back to back. It's so weird. Because MLS is drunk. It seems like with all the technology we have these days, like like MLS could just use a computer thing that you plug in the dates that fields aren't available if you play at a baseball stadium or other things like that. And then the, the thing could just figure out like, oh, this team can play this time. And it would look at it and go, oh, those two teams play back to back. Let's fix this. In the like, it seems like there would be enough technology out there that we could fix this without having to deal with this. But whatever. Well, I mean, Justin, you know how MLS is with their technology; they can't even use their VAR right. You know. I yes, you're correct. You're correct. Uh, but Orlando, Orlando. Right. Any thoughts? Any initial thoughts on? On these two games, um, you've got to win one, draw one. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, there's no excuse to lose to this team right now. I don't care how good Nani's playing. You know, they're not a team that can really bunker down and grind out a result if you come at them with enough t- attacking options. Doesn't Orlando also have some injuries? I believe they do. Is that involving Higu? Yes. Uh, Higita, uh, Dwyer will be returning, but who else is out? Well, Dwyer should be back. It was just that Sydney had their kid. He should be back, I mean, for Wednesday, I I would think. It was just maternity leave, even though he didn't have the baby. (laughs) (laughs) Oops. No, he can can stay away. (laughs) He needs some bonding time. I think I did see an article that he will be back, though. Oh, I'm sure. I just would rather he stay away. <laughs> the defense doesn't need it. Doesn't need it. I would expect Nani to start both matches, right? Nah, probably not back to backs. You know, 
I mean, they're starting at, alright, so they're starting at home and then traveling to us, so it's not like, it's not like they're the Union, where they have to basically double travel, they have to go down there to Orlando and then get back home for a game. So. So. And we all know about the travel situation, the MLS, although they got a charter flight for, what was it, oh, for New York, I think. Did they need a charter flight? No, they're making terrible decisions with these. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I mean, I think it's going to be an interesting set of games. I I definitely agree, Chuck, that you, you need to win win one and draw one. Um, Unfortunately, Orlando games are always very weird. Yes. Yes. We're not considered. Right. You guys are. We haven't considered the uh, the humidity plays a huge role down there. Like in Florida, guys, it's it's hell. It literally feels like hell. Whoa. Whoa. Right now, it's playing a huge role up here. Yeah, too, it's so. kind. Of, it's kind of stupid, gross I, in the city right now. I I, I think they'll yeah. be ready. Honestly, this heat wave could probably be the best thing that'll happen to this team in this two game stretch because it, it feels gr- it's air you can wear outside it's disgusting um i'm not running my air conditioner for podcast purposes right now and i think i'm losing a couple of pounds that's true it's true i'm in the same position right now there's a fan staring me in the face right now and it's not on and it's so difficult look at this thing look at this this is what we do for all of you I am. I can literally touch my air conditioner from where I am right now. And it's not- oh, this, is tu- it is, this is turning is into right a sexual podcast desk. about air conditioning. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, we, it, we need four points. We need to get four points from these games. And uh, hopefully that will set us back in a right direction for the rest of the season. Guys, any other just general thoughts on the union at this point in the season? What needs to happen? Any other random appreciation tweets or? <laughs> well, now that Mark McKenzie's back, I want the union to start resting players on the back yeah. line. Yes, I agree. Please, please, they all need it. Yes. Um, yeah, yeah. You should have options available to rotate effectively going forward, and. Um, the back line definitely could use some rest because they're going to have some. Uh, I don't see why not. At least in a couple games. I mean, I think you almost have to in one of these games. I don't think you, you can't really re- start resting the midfield until Craval's fully back, but he's at least back in yeah. training now. Yeah. So definitely something to look for going forward. It, if you see him in games, you know exactly what Jim Curtin's doing. <laughs> because he, you know what his best lineup is right now. He's putting up a yeah. defensive wall. <laughs> Protect my boys. Um, I think you're going to see a bounce back Aronson game in, in whatever Orlando game he plays in. I think he'll have some space to run directly at the defense in Orlando. I don't think if... I were to guess, I think he's going to sit out the away game, maybe come off the bench, and then start at home. And I think you'll see a pretty decent performance from him going at uh, going at that midfield. 
Yeah. I mean, guys, you know who I think need big uh, matches this week. That's Sergio Santos and Marco. Marco's Marco probably is going to start in that home match on Saturday. Mm-hmm. And uh, mm-hmm. I will definitely be there rooting hard for Marco. And those two guys really need to step it up. I would also like to give a shout-out to seatbelts. Seatbelts are great. There's just this... <laughs> podcast is not officially sponsored by seatbelts uh yeah all right last thing before we go we got to give out our golden kinsei for the week for the week so, so let's co- let's just combine wanna, both games <laughs> let's just yeah let's combine yeah. both games so i want a name and a reason from each of ray gaddis i have no reason you gotta have a reason. Okay, he's not a good defender. <laughs> he's not a good right. He's right. not a good right back. I'm sorry. Let me rephrase. Um. Yeah, I might keep it simple. Guys. <laughs> <I> just... <laughs> All right, Chuck. Um. Mine's Alejandro Bedoya. You live and die with your captain, and you died in these two games. I think it's very deserved. I agree. Yes. So what are we doing? Most yes, dis- I agree. Most disappointing player here? Yep. Yes. Yes. You want you want to give this award to someone, and when they look at you, they're just very sad. <laughs> well, they're getting a golden Anderson can say so. How can you not be sad? Yeah. Yeah. I think I voiced it pretty clearly on this episode, and that's Sergio Santos Gomes. Yeah, you know, the yeah. guy I had I had high expectations coming into the season, and he's been falling flat, especially this week. So that's what I'm giving it to. Yeah, even if it's in a supplementary role, you can still see why he was a disappointment because you're brought into a game with tired legs and you can't produce. I ain't good. That ain't it, Chief. Get a better diet, Sergio Santos. Yeah, and that diet, Jesus. Uh, speaking of diets, you have to eat some disgusting sandwich, don't you? Yes, God. So, you? so uh, if you guys didn't hear, I made a bet with the soccer cooligan, specifically Alexis Guerreros. If the Union were to win, he would eat his absolute favorite Hawaiian pizza, which is a joke. Um, and I have to eat some sort of nasty concoction of a cheesesteak so uh i'll probably um next after this holiday week uh next week i'll make my venture out to some cheesesteak spot uh right now i know this cheesesteak's gonna have some swiss cheese on there maybe some mayo uh some other disgusting yeah i hate mayo on cheesesteaks but uh swiss mayo we'll (gasps) we'll see what other concoction gets thrown in there but uh yeah that's what happens when you bet with the cool again (laughs) Yeah, I'd much rather eat the pineapple. Yeah, right? <laughs> it's not an abo- it's not an abomination to put pineapple on pizza, but this cheesesteak you're about to eat sounds like the nasty patty in Sponge in SpongeBob, man. It just sounds like anything anything wrong they could throw on the sandwich, they're gonna put on the sandwich. They might as well just give you a bottle of mustard instead of ketchup to put on this thing. And just see if it even does anything to the flavor. Don't don't Paul because they might be listening. So don't even. Don't if you are like if you are Alexis, please 
Please record this. I want to see the first bite to the last bite. Oh, I'm definitely recording it, but I'm not looking forward to it. <laughs> it's go- It should be interesting. Yeah. All right. Well, I am going to give my con- to avoid giving it to Ray Gaddis for a 500th time this season. I'm That's gonna- okay. I hate he him does. enough for You're everyone. Right. You're right. I'm going to give it to Jack Elliott and Austin Trusty for this past game. I thought both of them played probably their worst game of the season. Uh, so I am going to stick up for Jack Elliott because if Jack Elliott doesn't make the clearances that he makes in that game, the Union give up six instead of giving up four. Sir, sir, But he sir, was left out to sir, try. Sir, this is, by sir, this is an Arby's. Ray, Ray Gaddis. <laughs> You're right. I did this not. is BFTB, and our opinions can be voiced even if they are strong. I did not say that he had a bad game. I said he had his worst game of the season. <laughs> that does not mean that he had a bad game. But that's not Golden can say so worthy. Okay, well, I just said to avoid giving it to Ray Gaddis for the 500th time. Yeah, you had to listen to the preemptive look. I'm just trying to spread the hate here, you know. Like, I'm not just trying to hate on one guy for, you know, every week of the season. I'm not Paul Catrino. But I would I would have given it to my own son prior to that. <laughs> oh, my God, Chuck. By that, I mean ah, Kai okay. Wagner. I was about to say. <laughs> yes, yes, we know. I knew. I knew what you were talking about. I, I thought you had a kid. Um, I'm also on <laughs> hospital medication, so. <laughs> Congratulations to right, Chuck guys, on his new son. <coughs> Luckily, I finished swallowing my beer before you said that. Let's wrap this up. Okay. We did a podcast. <laughs> Thanks for listening, guys. We're sponsored by Golden Gold Press and Roughneck Scarves. We're part of the Beautiful Game Network. All that information is coming down the line. We will see you next week, hopefully, after the Union get at least four points, if not six, in the next two games. Viva Colombia! Thank uh, you, John Zapata! Oh, yeah, congratulations to the U.S. Women's National Team. Yes, Yes. go girls! Go girls! Hopefully, we will also... (laughs) Yeah, sipping the tea! Yeah. We did not we did not discuss this at all, but hopefully we will see we will come back on Monday with a women's world cup final and a gold cup final in hand. But we'll see about that. That would be beautiful. If we can if we listen, if we can do the double on Sunday. That would make this would be the fe- best fourth of July in history, right? We have to get to Sunday first because we have to win tomorrow. But if we can do the double on Sunday it would be. It would be day. the greatest day in American history. That would be impressive, guys. In all honesty. Yeah. But we'll see. All right, guys. Well, have a good night, and we'll talk to you next week. Thanks for listening to another episode of Views from the Bridge, a Philadelphia Union podcast. We can keep doing this through the help of our sponsors. The first, Roughneck Scarves. Roughneck Scarves is the official scarf supplier to MLS, USL, and US Soccer. Get custom scarves for your group or team at roughneckscarves.com. 
the other Golden Goal Press. Golden Goal Press is the best choice for you to get custom shirts, hats, mugs, and other items for just yourself or your organization. Go check out their amazing products at a fraction of the price of other places at goldengoldpress.com. Thanks to our network of soccer podcasts, the Beautiful Game Network. For your soccer news, opinions, and content, visit us at bgn.fm. Lastly, you can find us at VFTBpod on the Twitter and bgn.fm slash viewsfromthebridge with hyphens on the web. You can also find us wherever you consume your podcast, iTunes, Stitcher, and Spotify. Go hit that subscribe button and leave us a review. Thank you so much.